You know, this year has been a year of all kinds of challenges. In, in a way, this year has created for us a sense of thankfulness. It's made each one of us rally to this place of, of being open and being available in that sense of being thankful for things that we typically would just give a second thought to. We're excited today. Rachel is going to share her verse. I'm getting the guys upstairs to, to tee it up. Rachel's going to share for us a verse that's meaningful for her. So watch this video on Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel. Uh, my favorite verse, or the, the one that um, came to mind when this question was asked, um, was 1 Peter 4.10. Um, so the verse um, in the NIV version is, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Um, and it's one of my favorite verses um, just because of the encouragement it offers me that um, we all have a way that God can use us um, and that we should all be seeking that out. Um, so the, the word steward always sticks out to me um, and that our gifts have been given to us not, not for us to use, but for us to figure out how to use them for um, God's glory and God's purposes um, and to support those in our community. So I just find it really um, encouraging that uh, even when we might not feel like we have a gift that can be useful, um, that there is a way we can be used for God's kingdom. Um, and a reminder for me always to be seeking that out in my life, and hopefully it's a good reminder for the rest of you as well. Oh, that's, that's awesome, Rachel. You were laughing. I'm laughing. Yeah, this mic's hanging on by a thread today. Uh, you know what I want to do? And, and Trent gave us one joke. I've actually got a few jokes here. So Trent, I'm just, I'm stepping in for you today. So, you know, let's laugh for a minute on this Thanksgiving weekend. You know, as, as humans, we, we try to think we know what we're doing. Sometimes it works out great, and sometimes our best intentions don't work out so good. So here's a story for you. Police in Oakland, California, a few years ago, spent two hours attempting to subdue a gunman who had barricaded himself in his home. After firing 10 tear gas canisters, officers discovered that the man was standing beside them in the police line shouting, please come out and give your yourself up. Not the way it's supposed to work. A man walked into Topeka, Kansas into a quick stop, like a convenience store. This man asked for all the money out of the cash drawer. Apparently, what was in the cash drawer was so small that he tied up the store clerk and worked the counter himself for three hours until police showed up and grabbed him. Police in Los Angeles had good luck, good fortune with a robber who had just uh, who, who just couldn't control himself in the lineup. When detectives asked each man in the lineup to repeat the words, give me all your money or I'll shoot, the man shouted, that's not what I said. A man spoke frantically into the phone, my wife is pregnant, 
Her contractions are two minutes apart. Is this her first child? The doctor asked. No, the man shouted. This is her husband. I can sense the warmth of your laughter is increasing. In Modesto, California, Stephen Richard King was arrested for trying to hold up a Bank of America branch without a weapon. King had used his thumb as a finger and a finger to, stimula to, to simulate a gun. But unfortunately, he didn't keep his hands in his pocket. Here's one more. Remember, sometimes our intentions aren't always the best. Some folks had just bought a new boat. They were having a problem. No matter how hard they tried, they couldn't get their new 20-foot boat going. It was very sluggish, no matter how much power they applied. About an hour after trying to, to make it go, they, they put it into a nearby marina, thinking someone there might be able to tell us what was wrong. A thorough topside check revealed everything was in perfect working order. The engine ran fine. The outdrive went up and down. The prop was the correct size and pitch. So one of the marina guys jumped into the water to check underneath. He came up choking uh, uh, as he was laughing so hard. Under the boat, still strapped securely in its place, was the trailer. You know what? It describes us sometimes. Great intentions and we're going nowhere. I love that passage of scripture that Rachel chose for us. Last week, we had Rachel's dad share with us a passage of scripture that was important to him and Today we have Rachel's. I thoroughly would say, just like I said last week, that this verse and the surrounding verses really describe who we know Rachel to be. On your screen, you're going to see 1 Peter 4, verse 8 through 11 come up. And it says this, above all, above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves... Let them do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And I love the little tag that, that the author puts on here. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Well, let's pray and then let's see what God has in store for us as we walk through these verses that surround Rachel's verse. Let's pray. God, in the next few minutes, your voice needs to be the one that we hear. We come with open hands. 
We know that that scripture gives us wind behind our sails. It's not meant to, to be punitive. It's not meant where we just figure out that we're no good. But you're always calling us into something deeper. And so may these verses from 1 Peter truly speak to us boldly. We love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. All right, so we're going to walk through Rachel's verses and the surrounding verses. I'm going to give you some points. The very first point here, and it's the one that starts. It starts in, in verse 8. It, it's simply we need to love deeply. You know, today is a day that we celebrate love. Everybody, when they're young, thinks they're really good at love. Just think back to when you were in high school. You thought you were pretty good at love, didn't you? The New Testament is littered full of all kinds of passages. We're not going to work through all those passages today, but many of these passages tell us all about what love is. Maybe you know 1 Corinthians 13 really well. 1 Corinthians 13 isn't as romantic as we've made it sound. Be patient with one another. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. You know what? There's not a lot of romance in there, but that's love. And so the author says, above all, here in the church, earnestly love one another. We're okay loving people as long as they make me coffee. And the coffee's always right there, and they treat me nice, and they speak to me maybe when I walk in. But as soon as somebody doesn't make me the coffee, doesn't smile or act the way that I think they should, or they think about ministry in a different way than I do, then all of a sudden there's gossip, and there's dissension, and there's disunity. That's not love. Love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle, love is long-suffering. I'd love to, to think that tomorrow or this week someone won't offend you, but they will. Someone will have a disagreement with you. Somebody somewhere is not going to be patient with you. And here the author in 1 Peter says to us, above all, earnestly love one another. That's hard. But if, if you're going to be committed here at Renfrew Baptist Church, if you're going to be committed to any church, that has to happen. Love one another, especially now in this season that we find ourselves in. Maybe you need to ask yourself this simple question, is there any Christ followers that I'm not loving this way? I would ask, is there any Christians, any Christ followers that you're just not loving? You see, the Lord said this in, in Matthew chapter 5. If you think, you've got some, if, if you think someone's got something against you, if there's some disunity between you and a brother, don't just keep coming to the church and think you're okay. 
lay your offering down, go make it right, and then come back and tell the Lord that you want to serve him and that you do want to love him. So today, on Valentine's Day, I'm calling you to do that. Honestly, I don't think there would be a better day to reconcile with someone than on Valentine's Day. So this might be a day when this video's done that you phone someone and ask for forgiveness. We're in this together. If there's disunity already in the body, we just can't have that. Peter's really clear. The Lord himself is really clear in Scripture. Above all, at the top, love one another earnestly. We don't just go to someone when they admit that they're wrong and that then resolves the conflict. It doesn't work that way. The Lord didn't do that with you. The Lord didn't do that with me. You're going to see this verse come up, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. Now, if we go back to the passage that Rachel highlighted for us, verse 8 says this again, above all, love each other deeply, and then it says this, because love covers a multitude of sin. When you think about loving someone deeply, what comes to mind? Peter urges us, the author urges us, above all, love each other deeply. Love can be grand. It can be romantic. But real love is not always romantic. Love in the time of COVID, in this pandemic, if you will, has taught us about the practicality of love. That time together is just that time together and that we actually have to cherish those moments not make each second of our day some touchy feely thing but simply to enjoy the simple pleasures of every ounce of the relationships that we have this is a season where love one another deeply means that we appreciate the familiar Maybe it's things like a family meal around the table or a walk, a movie night, indoor s'mores, board games, or even watching Hallmark movies together. When you lift someone up, it gives the person the strength and the courage to do the same for others. Isaiah 54.10 says this, though the mountains be shaken, and the hills be removed. Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant, my promise of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. We know this. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love the angels, demons, life, death, COVID, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. So when the author's looking here saying to us to love deeply, 
It means that we first understand that God loves us and that we trust him. And when we do that, we actually allow ourselves to trust others. So for some of you today, you just need to lay down your fears. Let go of the past from the, the, the hurts from the past. Now, before we jump to the second area, I, I want to highlight something for you again, and we need to keep coming back to this. Well, Peter suggests that, that loving deeply covers a multitude of sins. I believe the point that Peter's trying to make is, is fairly simple. I believe that the gospel message is pretty simple. It's not complicated. It makes you have a new perspective on life. It, it puts you on a path of gratitude and thankfulness. Love each other deeply because it covers a multitude of sins. Well, let's get practical here. And on your screen, you're going to see some, some practicality with love. So the first thing that, that Peter's calling us to do is that we need to love one another and make that a priority. Love is vitally important in the church. 1 Corinthians 13 says, I could preach some great sermons. I could share the gospel message clearly. I could understand life. I could think clearly about all these circumstances. I could have faith. I could give away everything. I could even die as a martyr. But if I don't love, I have nothing. Loving one another has to be a priority. Even in COVID. Well, the second thing, you'll see this on your screen, loving one another is a marathon. You have to love. As you go through life, especially here in the church, there's going to come situations where it's going to demand continual love. You will be sinned at, you'll be sinned against, you'll be misunderstood. Guess what? You'll even be forgotten. You'll be neglected. I'm sorry, you're going to get hurt. But what should we do? We need to abide in Jesus' love and keep loving because it's a marathon. The, the third one, loving one another is intense. Sometimes I think, hey, I, I splash a little love over there. Can I be content with just a little bit of love toward one another? Go back to verse 8. Love one another earnestly, deeply, fervently. Love with the intensity of a sprinter competing at full speed. The, the word translated fervently or earnestly is the same word translated when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane with sweat coming down like drops of blood. I want to challenge you, don't wait to be loved. Love one another earnestly. Uh, the fourth one, these keep rolling on the screen. The fourth one, 1 Peter 4, 8 gives us the reason for love. Keep loving one another because it just makes life better. Love covers a, a multitude of sin. I, this week, I, I had to wrestle with this. What is easier or who is easier to forgive? Someone you love or someone you hate? 
It's always easier to forgive someone that we love. So what Peter's trying to tell us here is we're to love one another so that reconciliation will come a lot easier. Striving to love someone else and willing to overlook an offense go hand in hand. Peter is actually quoting from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, where it says, Hatred stirs up even more strife, but love covers all offenses. I believe this is a self-evident truth. It can refer to that God loved us and sent his son to to be the the covering, the, the gift, the sacrifice for our sins. It can refer to the person sinned against who in glorious ways overlooks that offense by forgetting that offense. It can refer to the strong believer who, though they're wronged, doesn't take the sin personally, but instead loves and restores the sinner. Here's the first key thing that I need you to to walk away with today. In the church, we're called to keep on loving one another because the other person's sin demands it. Did you hear that? We love others because we know they're going to sin. And love covers over a multitude of sin. Well, let's keep looking at the verses. And and this is Rachel's verse that's sandwiched in the middle. And you'll see how this makes sense. The second area that we see from Rachel's verses is simply this call to use our gifts. Verse 10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Be faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You know, I've heard that word whatsoever so often. But as I read it, a word that often takes such a harsh meaning. You know, maybe your kids said to you, whatever. It always carries this negative connotation. But that whatever changes that verse, verse 10, in such a huge way, it it changes the entire tone of the verse. Imagine the verse without that one word. Whatever. It sounds so different. Using whatever gifts that God has given to us, shows the deep love that you and I have for Jesus. Verse 11 continues that theme. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very word of God. I don't know about you, but I believe that these may be the most impactful verses that are, that words that are ever spoken. Peter implores us to use your gifts because when you do, you actually speak the very words of God. Is there any better message in all of the gospel than that? I love you. Jesus loves you. It's everything that 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 little boy down the street needs to hear. Do you know what your gifts are? The the second part of, of Rachel's verse asks us to be faithful stewards to be careful, to use it wisely of God's grace. 
In simple terms, that just means God created you, be who God created you, and use that special gift that God placed inside of you. At times in life, some of us have that expectation that this spiritual gift needs to be this complicated thing that is bestowed upon us in some miraculous firecracker kind of way. But here, Peter's just encouraging us going, worship a God who simply asks you to show our thankfulness in real and practical ways by using the gift that he's given to you. So why not look out for gifts in areas that we may not think a gift normally would be? When you think about gifts, sometimes we think preaching and teaching and prophecy and those leaders who are way out in front of people. But what about those talents behind the scenes? Those people who don't want to be out front. Use your gifts wisely. Well, let's continue on. We jumped ahead to Rachel's verse. Let's actually go back to, to verse 9. Offer hospitality with compassion. This is Rachel. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Hospitality is literally made up of, of two words, love and stranger, foreigner, guest. But unlike Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, which commands us to, to show hospitality to strangers, here in 1 Peter 4, we're called to be hospitable to one another. There's a, a tangible, meaningful, inclusive concern that needs to be expressed for one another in the church. It's not just enough to care for one another. We're to take care of one another. And I think we're, we're supposed to give special attention to, to those who are showing hospitality because if we look at verse 8 again, it covers over a multitude of sin. You don't cover your sins by avoiding people and thus avoiding awkward situations and feelings. You cover sins by actively loving and serving people. The most basic form of hospitality is opening up your home, which is so hard in this season. Has that immobilized us? In the first century, hospitality meant offering a bed to traveling Christians. So if, if you were traveling, you were dependent upon the hospitality of your fellow Christians. Often Christians you had never met. What hasn't changed in all of society is the desire to be known and loved. Do you know your neighbor's names? Hospitality is a means of providing a safe place. But it's also the means of building relationships. Don't let COVID stop this. It's much more effective, yes, to, to make a disciple over a meal, a cup of coffee, or a common task than it is to be in a classroom. Why do you think doctors and teachers are required to do an internship before being cleared to work? Well, haven't they learned it all in the classroom? No, there's so much more to, to learn when we do. 
It is much more effective to teach someone as you go through life together than when you live separately and you only come together for a brief moment of teaching. When you and I are hospitable, it provides a thing that only Christians can do. It provides blessing. Just look at Jesus in John chapter 21. He's on the side of a beach. He's cooking a meal for his disciples. He's talking one-on-one -on -one with Peter and John. Jesus is being hospitable. He's actively loving. He's actively serving. He's providing opportunities for discipleship. Hospitality also provides opportunities to complain. See, that's why it says in verse 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Well, how does this take place? Oh, I wish that person would leave. Why are they still here? Well, why does that person keep asking me for that thing? Man, I, I really wish my neighbor would give me back my, my rake that I lent them. Guess that one's gone. You see, Philippians 4, 2, sorry, verse 14 says this. And the word everything actually is translated everything. It means everything. Do everything. Your whole life, without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, without any fault in a crooked and depraved generation. Translate that to broken. In which if you do this, if you do everything without complaining, you will shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. What both Peter and Paul, the authors of these books, are saying, don't whine, don't complain, offer hospitality, do everything. He might as well said this, do whatever Jesus said in love and be thankful about it. What does whatever Jesus said really looks like? Peter here offers a great example of hospitality. Being thankful for whatever we have often opens our eyes to the needs of others around us. Even in COVID. Even if what you feel like feels like such a little, about, a little amount, you are compelled by compassion for your fellow believers and unbelievers to reach out and fill that need. God wants you to give just like Peter encouraged us to do without grumbling. But I think we should take it just a few steps beyond that and offer it with compassion. Remember in Matthew 14, verse 14, Jesus reached the shore. He was tired. He was looking for rest for him and, his, and, and the disciples. Well, what did Jesus do? He saw the crowd. He knew there was a need. And it says right in Scripture, he had compassion on them. And he healed them before feeding them all. So what Jesus is asking you in this season is to take our hospitality one step further. You may be tired. Guess what? Your neighbor is too. You may feel like you don't have enough food. Share it anyway. 
God wants you to be thankful in whatever situation he brings you to. He wants to use you in a bigger way for his kingdom than you could ever even begin to imagine. Will you embrace that this week? We have a great opportunity today to celebrate communion. What a great image of love on Valentine's Day. I'm so thankful that we get this opportunity. I'm going to pray, and as I pray, Pastor Trent's going to come up and and get ready for communion. Let me pray. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. We love you. In your name, amen.